Take a ride into the minds of the faces on the train. Perceptions, influences, differences, similitudes. One interactive moment at a time. Say I'm crossing the street and I'm in the crosswalk and I see a lady in a black pickup truck. She's in a hurry. I'm not paying attention. She leans out the window to flip me off because my mind is somewhere else. Her name is Gracie. Faces on the train. Gracie, labor and delivery. My name is Gracie. The most disturbing part of my day was how swiftly I met my accomplishments. Of course, you might think that a strange sentiment, but listen to my story. Lately, my satisfaction was dulled by my mundane routine. No challenges, no conflicts, no obstacles. I understood this was not the God's given truth for everyone. Privilege danced on the path of my dark spirit. I needed a shift, a reinvention, change. Charles was always away on business, making our comfortable rapport more like that of flatmates than married partners once he returned. It would be weeks this trip before I saw him again. Today, my morning passed in a trance. I sat on the edge of the bed, lacing up the white leather shoes. Standing at the bureau mirror, I took in the reflection. Smooth-skinned, but plain, flat blonde. The blue of my eyes was haunted and glassy. Draping credentials around my neck, I grabbed the keys and took even steps toward the back of the house to the third bay of the garage. I climbed behind the wheel and perched high off the ground in my black Nissan truck. In a hurry, but feeling my age, I moved deliberately and methodically through the traffic toward the hospital. Just another day. It was not the height or the power or the massive engine's aggressive idol that I loved about my truck. There were always bigger, stronger, and faster monsters. And truthfully, that was the appeal. Coming eye to eye with big truck monsters. One traffic light after another. Exchanging either disinterested glances or competitive stares. I loved running that huge block of metal across the roads, yet being invisible all the same. People in monster trucks snuck around in plain view. I whipped into the staff parking lot. At shift change, I slipped onto the floor and went straight for the birthing suites. Noises alerted me to an approaching life, an active birth in number three. All the nurses were gathered there, assisting except one whose face was buried in paperwork at the station. The water birth room to my left was dimly lit. No new life swimming to the surface tonight. I slid into suite number two and found a sleeping mother, oblivious with exhaustion. This would be a night of quiet, easy work. Mommy looked fine. I rolled out the bassinet, gazing down at the red-faced forms swaddled in receiving blankets. Baby Blue. His chubby fists peeked out from the cloth origami of his folded nest. He sighed a mini yawn with a muscular O shape about his little mouth. His face contorted into a doughy ball of wrinkled flesh before opening once more into a peaceful carelessness. A quiet one. Lifting him in my arms and gently nestling the breathing bundle into my shoulder sack was easy. Too easy. Immediately I was hostile. A fire of anger burned through my bowels, but my face was blank and icy. The rage, the rage inside headed upward. The calculated cool pushed the emotions down. I surfed on the waves between these stormy, roaring fronts. My ears rang with the wash of white noise. Co-workers smiled and pitched pleasantries as I glided down the sterile hall. I heard nothing from their friendly greetings, but polite tones of oblivion. I was never employed at the hospital. I never even volunteered. I was never a nurse. I had stolen a baby and put that baby in my purse. To great relief and delight, the newborn rode peacefully in the car seat I bought shopping last week. 
In the recesses of my mind, I knew that was the last purchase to shift the long-standing project into place. I was not entirely convinced of my courage as I strapped the seat down that afternoon, diligently implementing the installation instructions. Now, back in the driveway, the automatic garage door popped up with the click of the remote, and I knew I had succeeded in motherhood. I gleefully toted the sleepy parcel into the den and slid into my leather-stuffed chair. My first surge of fear pushed past my throat and erupted into laughter. I chuckled out loud because I had a baby. We've always been long-waisted, I heard myself reciting mindfully. My mother did not show until the very end. The blessing of height, I pictured waving off to friends. I slipped out the shoes, removed the jacket, and pulled away the lanyard of credentials. I stepped out of the shapeless white slacks, stuffing all the items into the wastebasket. I tugged the lavender-scented liner closed and dropped the knotted load into the rollaway stash just outside the entrance to our garage. In Simply Lacey's, I remembered with amusement that nursing was not a charade I could conquer without at least a padded push-up. I loved the boy already because he took no notice of me. Prance posed in my undies. I slipped out and headed to the bedroom walk-in to retrieve the shoebox full of Similac and supply. I pulled it from the shelf and returned to my son by way of the kitchen, just in time to see him fidget with signs of discomfort. Dozing on and off, we sat in the chair, his bottle coming in and out of motion in my hand. My lazy frame was unaware of hours passing. The house was still and silent when my eyes opened. The sun had long ago retreated. Moonlight dropped past the trees and landed gently on the window sills. Turning my head, I kept my body motionless as the room came into focus. The details returned. My smile broadened, dropping my face to the bright ray of joy nestled in the crook of my arm. I realized I never thought of what to call him. Of all the details, I should have surely secured a name. For some reason, this agitated me. My face felt hot with disgust and inadequacy. I felt my stillbirth from years back all over again, like it was just hours ago. I had a gut-sick feeling. My thoughts were dizzy, like a day of summer carny rides set up in a hayfield along a country road. The dark room lit up with red and blue lights from the window swirling across the wall. There were men calling for me with amplified voices from my lawn. For the first time, the boy cried. My body was molded to the chair. I could not move. A red face in my lap opened up and released a spray of large, frantic tears. Gracie Maldove, stay calm. We have the house surrounded. I pulled the warm-bodied baby toward a kiss that landed dead center on his forehead. Dennis, Maxwell, Maldove, nothing should ever end like this. That was my first declaration of a mother's wisdom. Gracie, Maldove, make this easy. Come out with your hands up. Faces on the train. Her name was Gracie. West Indian by blood. You don't know my Silk Road. Peppers, papaya, tamarind. Lemongrass trade routes, limes, chives. Food trucks, five-star roadside dives. Curries, cayenne, cilantro, cumin. Get out of my way and watch what I'm doing. Chickpeas, garbanzo, you stole from my mama. Geechee, Bengali, I eat from the ocean. You traverse the earth seeking my potion. Cut from the necks, my chickens aren't twitching. Sick as you are, you're safe in our kitchens. Bitches, brew. We can train ourselves to respect our feelings and transform them into language so they can be shared. Audrey Lord, Sister Outsider.
Faces on the Train is written, narrated, and produced by Felicia Chappelle with creative director Will Walker. Audio engineering and production assistance, Mary Evans. Music composition, Umbikeli G. Scott Jones. Content editor, Connor Jameson. Special thanks to Bomani Moyenda and Khalil John. Graphics, Miss Hanifa Jones. Email us at info at womenworkwonders.com or follow us on Instagram at womenworkwonders.com. Wonders. Thank you to our entire production team and thank you very much to our listeners. Catch the next episode of Faces on the Train.